0: another episode of pro am disc golf we are back we've been away for a little while yeah summer break if you will yeah um but thank you everybody for uh bearing with us and and still supporting the show um we uh i did some traveling did you do some traveling too you did some traveling too right no Mm, no okay no i did some i
1: have a broken knee and volleyball season is starting so chris did some rehabbing (laughs) i did some traveling
0: yeah um but uh so We've been, we've been experiencing the world instead of talking about our experiences, but now we're ready to talk about them. Yeah. So, uh, I, my wife and I, um, one of her good friends married a guy that lives in Honolulu is about to retire from the Marine Corps, um, has a house right on Kaneohe Bay. If anybody's familiar with Oahu, it was awesome. So they invited us out and we got to stay at their house. Uh, we chose not to bring our kids because we're smart. Uh, (laughs) So we drove from here in Salt Lake City to Southern California, where my mom lives, um, and she watched the kids while we flew to Hawaii and then back, and then drove back. But um, we had a couple of days in California before we left, and I went and played a course that um, near where I used to live in California that I had never played before because I wasn't really playing at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Goat Hill in Oceanside, California. Have you heard of Goat Hill? I've heard of it. Okay. Um, what have you heard about Goat Hill? Because I, I didn't, hadn't heard anything other than I knew it existed. Good things. You've heard good things. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to give you my experience yeah, please of do. playing Goat Hill. Um, I should have brought I brought a destroyer there that had like the Goat Hill logo. Oh cool. So they sell some, you know, destroyers and I think aviars and I don't know what else. I think it was just destroyers and aviars in the pro okay. shop, but kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, but it's, you know, a nice white destroyer with a, a fairly cool stamp on it. Um, and I I think if somebody's going to support disc golf, I want to support them. So, Yeah. Yeah, so I, I bought a disc, even though I didn't need another destroyer. Fair enough. <laughs> um, but uh, it's a pay-to-play course on a ball golf course. It's a public ball golf course, but it uh, is pay-to-play, and it's only like, it's weird times that they allow disc golf on, but I got up there, got to play, and um, it's, uh, so the only other ball golf course I've played is the newer one that we have here, the Portal, mm-hmm. it's called, but that's on the back nine of that ball golf
1: course, right? now the front nine.
0: Oh, yeah. they, they switched it. Okay, yeah,
1: they switched their nines. Okay. <laughs> Chris is going I'm to choking on a bit. air.
0: <laughs> um this one is not the case with that. This is a course that is uh, it's an 18 hole course and there's like a legit par 5 golf hole on it. Uh the disc golf is the same layout as the golf course. Oh. Like all of the pins cool. are parallel to the pins, all of the baskets are parallel to the baskets to the pins. Um, and it's a long course. So probably <laughs> like, like par 70. Uh, I don't know. I shot way over, I'm sure. And it was actually a little bit tricky to find out because the card was different. They gave, they had scorecards. U disk had it listed just as a par three, which was not accurate. <laughs> um, thousand foot par three. And it, it's signed. There's pretty decent signage there, but the pars on the signs are different than the pars on the printed cards. So I'm by the pars on the printed cards. I should look at my score, but I'm not going to, I didn't shoot great. I shot actually. Okay. Um, but, I have never appreciated disc golf course design as much as I have playing that course. Hmm. So I I've only played a handful of courses um in you know a few different states but uh So disc golf is a different sport than golf. Yes. And uh just throwing down a fairway got pretty boring. I, mm-hmm. and you, you've got an arm like you've got a, you, you can your drive is two of my is my drive and then my fairway drive okay. you know and that's that puts me about where Chris drives when we go play together that's typically where it, where it works mm-hmm. out um, and so it would have been a different experience for you and I think there are tournaments maybe. there and there's pros that play there but, but <sighs> maybe but it's it's just wide open fairways and you're just throwing down the fairway and trees come into play a little bit. OB comes into play a little bit. There's some hazards, um, but they weren't – just wasn't a very – didn't feel to me like a technical course. And I'm not trying to fault any course designers because I'm, I'm sure they did the absolute best they could with what, the, mm-hmm. what Goat Hill allowed them to do. Um, and it's a well-maintained course. It's nice. The golfers were cool to the disc golfers. I saw other disc golfers out there. Um, one thing, though, that is weird about this course – you cannot rent a cart unless you're part of the local disc golf club, which mm. you can join for 50 bucks a year. Mm. But there's no way that the math shook out for me to try to join that club.
1: $65 golf cart.
0: Yeah. And then it's like 15 bucks on top of that. Probably, so probably not. No. Um, now if I, if I was going back and like, you know, I, I, I went there three or four times a year, Maybe. it might be worth it. Yeah. Cause uh, a cart would have helped. It's a long really course, long, really long course. But, um, I just never appreciated kind of course design so much. Like I've had more fun on 110 foot holes than I did on some of these that were eight, Mm -hmm. 800 plus feet
1: Mm -hmm. touring player catered almost
0: very much. So very much. And maybe that's what the course was designed for is to be like, you know, like if you golf, I don't think you're going to have the greatest time at Augusta. If you shoot 12 over every time you go play golf. Yeah. But if you're a scratch golfer, you're going to have a great time. Yeah. And so maybe that's the case with goat Hill. Maybe the more, the pros would like
1: it than the AMS. I, I think I would shoot about a 120 at Augusta. And I think I'd have a blast doing it probably because of just what it is. Just being there. But if that was just the course, you know, yeah, and if not, everything was, yeah, not fun to play. Yeah.
0: So I, I part a handful of coals. Um, I don't, I maybe got one birdie. I can't remember. Um, solid, but, uh, you know, and I shot a bunch over at different times, but, um, Really fun, like you're tons of elevation change because it's on this hillside, so you're walking up and yeah. down and around. Layout's fairly easy to follow because I was playing alone, um, so you just follow the golf course. I mean, it, it got tricky in spots, but that's more me than yeah. the course. Uh, but just long bomb, long bomb,
1: maybe a either a long more.
0: bomb or maybe an upshot, and then yeah. try to put it in. Yeah, and without really any obstacles in the way, and I remember when I first started playing disc golf, I thought, oh, that would be so nice. It was just a nice open fairway to throw down. <laughs> um, and I'm, as I've said many times on the show, I'm not good at the sport, <laughs> but uh, my opinion is not the same on that. It's fun to have trees to throw around mm-hmm. and, and pin placements that are a little more challenging. There were a couple pins that were in trickier spots, but for the most part, they were parallel to the hole or just a little bit behind. So basically on the green. Greens are OB, which made mm-hmm. it a little more technical because they're, they're not island holes, but there's... The a gr- large the OB get tight, yeah. yeah 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 they can um but uh yeah I I really appreciate course design now and, and what you can do with a much I mean you could have easily put two Probably courses 36 yeah. yeah on that on that 18 and made it very challenging and very fun um not to be critical of anybody that designed that course I looked it up and I can't remember some of the names but I think uh, uh what is it JD Risley or Judy Risdy he recently switched to Danielle. Oh, A.J. Risley. A.J. Risley. I think he was one of the designers from one yeah, I the Yeah, okay. Up. I do know the course. Then. I've and seen, I think he's from that footage. San Diego area or North County. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, beautiful course. You can see there's ocean views on nearly every hole. So, great spot. That's cool. Really cool spot. If you're down there, go play it. Support them. But for me, uh, if I'm down there, I may play it again. Mm-hmm. But I would probably drive 20 minutes to play more of a park-style course or, okay. or something
1: a little bit different. But... Uh, it is it is cool to hear that. I mean, I'll say am perspective of it because I watched the big guys play it. Yeah, and it looks. I'm gonna say easy. It would be not for me, but when, no. But if you're throwing six, seven hundred feet, yeah, like with
0: some right. accuracy, then it's a pretty easy course. Yeah. Like, um, you could take Eagle, Paul, Ricky, Garrett, Garrett. Garrett. Yeah, even like um, uh, Eric or, or other mm-hmm. guys like. Page, the just some of the top women. like, mm-hmm. uh, And you would do well this course because it's it's lower altitude, but it's bomb. like If Go you've far. got a big arm, it seems like a course that very much favors to Go a far. long, accurate drive. If you have some semblance of accuracy <laughs> yep. in your drive. Uh, and now it, maybe in tournaments, they're making the fairways super tight and stuff. That could be in, in kind of changing it up mm-hmm. that way. But if you're just playing it uh, just a regular layout, um, it yeah, I mean, if, if I could throw... If I could double my drive, I would have probably dropped twenty strokes yeah. on, on this course um, because it's not there now. There's a couple like upshots, and um, there's one that's really fun. It goes down. If I had a bigger arm, it would be even more fun. But the the driving range there slopes downhill, Ooh. so it's probably from the base of the driving range to the top probably six seven hundred feet. Whoa. Like that whole thing from the driving range. Okay. No, probably five. Um, maybe six. I don't know. Yeah. But it drops off. It probably loses a hundred feet or okay. eighty feet in that distance. Okay. Um, and I think it's hole ten is right next to that. So you're teeing off, off the just same downhill. Yeah. yeah. And uh, not you know, I was tired because I just walked nine holes uh-huh. and tried to figure some things out. Um, but also I don't have a big arm. But if you had a big arm, it would be. Cool. It'd be a fun because it's also well manicured. You know, there's yeah. holes like that that are more out in the woods and in the brush, but to have a kind of a, a nice lawn mm-hmm. to throw onto is kind of rad. It is pretty. It's very pretty.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I am recalling the video.
0: Yeah, especially if you catch it in the winter time because everything greens up so much there. Yeah, yeah, it looks like Hawaii, honestly. Oh, cool. Because like, it's pretty hilly around there and everything just turns green. Pretty close to San Diego. Um, very close uh, as a crow flies. It's like. 20 miles of okay, coast, okay. maybe it's right So between... it's like an hour and a half drive
1: from <laughs>
0: <laughs> without traffic. Honestly, we could get to downtown San Diego from my house. My house is five minutes from the course, my old house. Okay. Um, I could get from my old house to downtown San Diego just straight on the five, which takes you right down the coast and, um, th- to downtown 35, 40 minutes to like SeaWorld okay. 30 minutes. Okay. You know, so That's not too bad. Yeah. No, it's not. It's really not too bad at all in the summertime with traffic could be two to three hours yeah. like it's nuts yeah so but if you're in the area it's a fun course to play i can't remember the green fees they weren't cheap but they weren't exorbitant maybe either 20 bucks less than that i think okay. maybe like 15 12 something yeah. like that maybe it's 20 that seems pretty normal um and the discs in the pro shop were priced normally it was a star destroyer that i paid 20 bucks for three so that's you know what they cost anywhere good on you good. Uh, unless girl. you you know you get a code from us or something which we'll uh, we'll, we'll work on getting guys another one but uh yeah um really fun day. Got lots of exercise in. I bet. I mean you know, my Apple Watch was spinning circles around little rings. <laughs> how many steps? It's just scrolling. Um I actually I probably I can look up how many steps that was. Um talk to the, talk to everybody for a minute, Chris, and I'll 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 pull that up. <laughs> uh when was that? When would that have been? That would have been the 27th, I think, of July. Just, just look for the big spike I know. in the last Oh, well, they're all weeks. just
1: circles. Oh, okay. So Chris okay. doesn't use Apple products. Yeah,
0: except my MacBook. Um, that's true. No, it was Thursday, the 26th. Um, so I took, Oh, no Was it that Thursday or was it Wednesday? Wednesday, the 25th, we drove down. It would have been Thursday that I played. Oh, not, not as crazy as I thought. Um, 17,000 steps. <laughs> okay.
1: That's still pretty good.
0: Yeah. Let's see. Um, oh, and I, I remember what happened though. My thing kept shutting off my my time.
1: 17,000 with a dead watch.
0: (laughs) My little tracker kept like turning off the, the fitness thing. So it wasn't tracking my, how far I was walking and everything. But, uh, so I did two different walks and missed a lot. Like I turned it up, but it was honestly probably close to five miles that I walked at that course.
1: That's, that's a day.
0: Yeah. And some of that is me hunting for discs and and backtracking. But yeah, it was a day. A cart would have been very nice. And it's, it's hilly like it's well, uh pay your members dues <laughs> you know join, join the golf club what i you know what if there's somebody that lives down there because i'm actually heading down there uh first part of september i've got to take care of some business down there if there's a listener that wants to play with me and can get a cart i would love to go play with you do it so that'd be awesome just hit yeah. us up on uh disc golf at gmail.com or facebook or however you want to do that uh that would be cool that would be so fun that would be so fun that would be really cool so um and the club scene the local club scene looked like it was really good like again everything was real taken care of um they were i think they were disc catchers yeah of a disc, disc, disc yeah. catchers so very decent baskets really well maintained course um but felt i
1: felt a little bored just cuz it's just throw far throw far yeah. throw far try to make a putt throw far throw yep. far yep. trying to make it, a putt it reminds me, I mean, that course for you reminds me of a course I played a couple of years ago in Oregon of throw far, throw far. I think they made it the longest course just to make it the longest course. Okay. So we played down like three par five fairways, which was more than two full shots for me. And it's just yeah. tedious to try and get there in two or even three sometimes and end up out of bounds. Well, One, well, how high is it? Is it close to sea level? Because Oregon it's has It's Cottage them. Grove, so it's lower. Okay. So, so I mean, you... you you're throwing a little further than you throw here, even. Yeah, but there were like four holes there that I loved, so I was like, I'll put up with these long ones just to play these awesome ones. Yeah, and it was fine. And I, I didn't play this course enough to get like
0: a sense of what holes are great, but mm-hmm. it's a good course. Um, and having it be my first time is definitely always a little bit weird when I'm, especially when you're trying to figure out the course on your own. Yeah. But uh, some work. I, I don't take anything away from this. Again, I'd highly recommend the course if somebody's in the area and wants to play because. There's not a lot of... If you look on UDIS, there's like three courses in Oceanside, but two of them are around the Marine Base. And I think if you look into it, they're like over concrete and around the barracks and stuff. Okay. So great that they're there, but not, not, not this. Go. This is a really pretty well-maintained public course with a decent pro shop and water, you know, every like seven or eight holes and, you, know a, a, you know, a big oh, yeah, thing golf. of water.
1: yeah. Golf style.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, really great experience. Awesome. Um, but... I would want a cart next time I play it. <laughs> yeah. Any, any 10 mile, five mile walk, get a cart. Yeah. And I, I mean, I can hike like walking five miles is, is a, I mean, that's a decent enough hike, but I'm fine with that. But mm-hmm. this is, I mean, you're really are changing elevation quite a yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, in fact, this may actually say elevation change. Uh, I don't worry they, about
1: it. They've filmed events there. So you can go check okay. out coverage. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Just yeah. goat hill. It's super pretty. easy name to remember. Pretty.
0: Um, really cool course. Really, really cool course worth, worth going to, um, not worth going to that area, I think, just to play that course.
1: Yeah, but if you're in San Diego,
0: yeah, or or more North County San Diego, yeah, Carlsbad, Ocean Side area, um, even like San Clemente, or okay. you know, if you're a Marine and you get yeah. stationed at Pendleton, go play this course. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, so after that, I put away my disc golf bag and uh, oh, dusty course in the summertime too, though. Like I, oh, really I dry. Was, dry, yeah, really dry in the summer again grass and green but dry underneath Mm -hmm. and especially for the disc golf stuff our pads were off in the dirt a lot Mm -hmm. which is great but uh summer dust summer dust so bring a towel or two Mm -hmm. because i I, my towel got really filthy (laughs) so and there's no i don't believe there's any water hazards on the course at all Um, i don't think there are i don't remember one yeah there's not from I'm trying to think right now, and also just being familiar with that area. Mm-hmm. There shouldn't be
1: like the, they don't have <laughs> the budget to to keep yeah. that much water in that area. If they uh, did, it would be in a plane helping put out the fire that is California. <laughs> I would hope so. Oh my gosh, <laughs> uh,
0: it's bad. Sorry, California. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's not like a spot to rinse your discs. So mm-hmm. bring a couple towels and that are, that are good at wiping off dry stuff because that'll help a lot. Because cool. it's uh, that really fine kind of silty stuff that makes your disc kind of slick so um but from there i again put my discs away and my wife and i flew to hawaii and uh, i won't bore everyone with the travelogue of hawaii but i did want to talk about because we talked about scuba diving on this this show subtlety pro-am scuba but like am (laughs) Am, am advanced am scuba i'm not even advanced am am slightly more experienced am scuba (laughs) perfect you told me before we started recording that you just signed up for scuba lessons right yes it is official
1: i am going to get scuba certified yeah in the next month or so.
0: Which is awesome. And I can't it's not I highly recommend it to anybody that as long as you can decompress and clear your sinuses under the water, you'll have a great time. They were a little bit worried about my mustache. Oh. With mask fitting. You know what you do? Did they tell you the trick? No. Vaseline. Oh, okay. Just slather it with Vaseline. If you don't have Vaseline, use chapstick. Got it. Um, but that will help to form a seal. Seal it. Sweet. Yeah. But you do have See? a pretty thick mustache.
1: Yeah. And I might I might trim it soon. With the volleyball yeah. starting, I can't look too homeless. Yeah i would uh i mean i know you're, you're growing your hair to donate it but
0: yeah you can i can I can, trim, I can trim this yeah uh that is a pretty thick mustache but yeah just bring
1: vaseline cool good to know um do you See? have a mask that's advanced am no i have to buy one they, they said okay. they have a bunch of demos and they fit funny and etc i can let you borrow one yeah all i right. got a handful of their historical
0: masks but they work fine for diving cool especially what we're doing here but or you can just go buy one yeah but. we'll figure it out
1: continue um sorry <laughs> Tangent on a tangent. <laughs> on a tangent. So,
0: so uh, my wife is certified as well, and we went diving uh, when we went to Hawaii. And uh, it was this great dive, two-tank dive, which means you do two spots. Um, okay. One was deep, about 87 feet, which is fairly deep. Not super deep, but fairly deep. The other one was fairly shallow, like 40 feet, 35, 40 feet. Okay. So we went out to the first one, and I don't get seasick very often. Like if I'm riding on a bus – for a very long time, like sitting sideways on a city bus, mm-hmm. I will get nauseous. Okay. Uh, but barring that I'm fine. Like usually on a boat, especially open air, I'm totally cool. I don't know what it was. And the seas were pretty high. You know, they were rolling pretty good. It was, it was safe to go out in the boat mm-hmm. we were in and it was a smallish boat, but I was so sick. Oh no. So, uh, everything that I ate that morning, which was a malasadas from Leonard's. So if oh, anybody's boy. familiar with Oahu, those are the best things in the world. Um, was now in the ocean. So I was chumming for for, for fish. But uh, it's the craziest thing because once you go down, the nausea just dies. Because once you get below like the kind of rocky surface level. Yeah. And so when you're at the bottom, it's totally cool. And so we went to a, uh, it's a, they call it a wreck dive, but it's really like a scuttled barge to kind of make a dive site. And they put some um, big like concrete like oh, okay. excess stuff around just to form an artificial reef basically. But it was cool. He got to swim through the wreck. We saw a black tip shark or white tip, white tip shark about six feet. Cool. Um, He was resting in like a, you know, like those concrete tubes that they use for the water drainage. They had sunk some of those too. He was hiding in one of those. And cool. I had my GoPro and pulled around and got like a nice picture of his face and he had like some hooks in his face. But I did find out that those are designed to dissolve, like to rust out. So it won't be there forever. So he he fought the good fight and and got off the line. Yeah. He didn't seem any worse for wear from it. It wasn't inhibiting his his diet, but it was kind of cool looking. Good. But they are designed to rust and go away. That's good. So, yeah. Um, And it's Hawaii, so they crack down on people not doing the right things. That's good. You know, if this was Indonesia, then who knows? Yeah, or Japan. Yeah. Yeah. There we go, too. Let's get away from the controversial stuff. (laughs) And we're back. Uh, We didn't scuba when we were there, but my wife and I snorkeled in Thailand. So Gross. (laughs) Mm. Like the sites we were at, it was just trash, like in the water, like just, yep. pla- and I, I'm not talking like microplastics, you know, no, like, like
1: garbage bags and bottles and
0: yeah. And like Cheeto bags yep. and well or whatever the equivalent, like chips bags and, and yeah, plastic bottles and all sorts of just garbage everywhere. It was, it was really gross. Um, not the experience on Hawaii, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I just was so sick. I've never been so sick on a boat as I was there and the diving was great, but the boat ride uh, was not so good and usually I like the boat ride that's part of the fun for me on a on a boat dive but so that's my that's my scuba story for you Chris nice. as you're about to start diving mine is I signed up. there you go. Also too if you do feel nauseous under the water and you do need to evacuate your tummy <laughs> under the water the uh, what do they call it the respirator is designed to handle that and to discharge. Really, stuff that you put into it, yeah. How cool is that? Yeah, so you don't take it out; you just go right into it. <laughs> huh? I've never done that. Thankfully, that
1: sounds scary. Yeah, but
0: yeah, good to know. I'm so excited for you to start. I, I thought it was so much fun getting I'm, certified. I'm very excited. And my wife and I decided that we're going to try to up our certification because she wants to do like more challenging dives, like more shipwrecks and stuff. And I'm like, well, we just need to get more certification.
1: Do it. Yeah, totally. No reason not to.
0: Yeah, I mean, time and money. <laughs> Two <laughs> That's reasons. That's the not only. To. Well, not to not to, but those are the only considerations. Yeah. Um, But that, that's my travelogue. Thanks, everybody, for listening through that boringness. But uh, we got a listener question. We still we have a listener got store email.
1: Show. You've got mail. <laughs> Do you want to read that, Chris? Sure. I have it up. Uh, from Daniel. Hey, Daniel. Hey, guys. I recently played a tournament with about 50 players, all amateurs. It was PDGA-sanctioned C-tier, and it was the first sanctioned event ever run at this course. Out of the 50 players, around 10 quit the tournament either during the first or during the second round due to them not scoring well and not wanting to ruin their rating. This was the first time in my six tournaments that I had run into this. And I was wondering if you two had encountered this before. It struck me as odd since quitting mid-tournament had never occurred to me. Even though both rounds were significantly below my rating. Anyway, love listening to the show on Spotify. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Um, I don't know if you have any insight or awareness. I've
0: never had this experience. I've only played a handful of tournaments. Uh, mm-hmm. Mostly unsanctioned, um, but uh, I gotta say that I would have never thought of doing that, mm-hmm. and that seems like not the right thing to do to me. Like etiqu- I guess the question was about etiquette. It seems like a very much not the right way to play the game. Um, you're you signed up for this tournament, play it, and mm-hmm. I don't know anybody that regularly shoots as well as they do in a tournament when they're just out on a casual round. Um, I sure don't. The guys who get paid a lot to do it, that's who. Maybe. But also they may shoot better on a casual round. Like they may yeah, shoot they one could. or two strokes down. I mean the 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 the, the, the variance probably narrows. Yeah. You know yeah. for those okay, guys. That's fair. Um, but you know, probably but, a similar trend. But also, if you are shooting better in a tournament, then you probably are one of those top guys too, or gals, yeah, ladies, zers. Um, <laughs> so we're inclusive here, yous uh, and yuns. <laughs> um, that just seems really not okay to me. And so, uh, uh, what are they called? Nine nine nine? When you don't finish the round?
1: Oh yeah, I'll, I'll touch on that. That's okay, part of it.
0: Yeah. So. But it also just seems like uh, completely out of the spirit of what you're trying mm-hmm. to do. It may seem like a way to kind of game the system a little bit in your favor, but also that's not going to be a real representation of your rating if you're just quitting rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like it—it it seems a little bit like gaming the system to me, and certainly not. I mean, I have a—I ve- I may be the lowest rated player on PDGA right now. I don't know, but I'm, I'm sure I'm in the bottom 20% or 10. Like I have a very, very low score. <laughs> uh, cause I actually haven't, I've only played one sanctioned
1: round. I think I've seen, I think I've seen like a 100 rated round. Okay. So you're not that low. Yeah. Okay.
0: But continue. that, that guy was like, had severe multiple sclerosis and was in like a, it was a child. Well, it was a one year old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was just throwing him overhand probably yeah probably that's pretty cute though if that were the case uh it just seems completely contrary to what you're doing and it seems like that's not a real reflection of your score your score Mm -hmm. should be your rating should be a reflection of where you're playing Mm -hmm. and if you feel that you're playing you're not playing to your best then play up a division or just really deal with it but if you if you shot a thousand rated round And you just play it out of your mind and like, you know, you shot for the AM side of it, you know, for a pro side, that might not be so amazing. But Mm -hmm. for the AM side, uh, you shoot a thousand round, be really happy with that. But if you're a 700 rated player and you shoot a thousand round, you're going to take that and be really happy with that. Mm -hmm. Conversely, you're a 700 rated player and you shoot a 600 rated round or 650 rated round or 500 rated round because some, you know, some things Mm -hmm. happen. You need to take that too. Mm-hmm. so it's not you can't just play it one way or the other also uh the tds put in the effort for this you signed up for this there are a million great reasons to quit a tournament early or to not go to the tournament to spare your rating is not one of them in my opinion mm-hmm. you know family emergency uh last year at utah open uh pierce had to drop out because of some mm-hmm. family emergency i have no idea what happened, but. She nine 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 to that round, mm-hmm. um, and I think she was winning, right? Mm-hmm. So she gave up. You know, what would have been a very good thing. potential check, yeah, yeah, and that's her her job. Yeah, <laughs> so because she had a legit emergency, mm-hmm. it. But also, uh, if she was finishing fourth or fifth in a tournament, which is pretty bad for her, she shouldn't nine 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 just to not get that yeah low rating. Like that would be.
1: Uh, Mm -hmm. that's not cool anyway i think i've rambled about this enough so go ahead chris okay so from from the question itself then i'll kind of follow a path like you did um i've seen it happen um i don't like when it happens for pretty much the same moral reasons you opposed it um i i have seen people quit a tournament because they just weren't having any more fun Mm -hmm. like they decided to
0: try it and they were done like they shot nine nine ten holes and they're just worn out, it's not the thing for them, they just like playing casually, mm-hmm. fine. That's that's a different thing, fine. It, also still not the coolest thing, because you're leaving the rest of your card hanging. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to put that in a separate category than this.
1: Yeah. Sorry. Okay, no, you're good. Um, so the way, the way the scoring is handled with people not finishing events is there are two options for the TD. You can enter it as a 999, in which it's, it does not finish, Nothing else happens. They just put you at the bottom of the scores on whatever round you stopped playing on.
0: And it ha- has no effect on your rating.
1: Nope. And you're just, you're done. Yeah. It's fine. So, which is a good thing for like... Legitimate emergencies. Yeah, absolutely. You, or whatever happens. You blow or, out your knee or... Yeah. 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 Injury and emergency, I think, are the suggested use for nine nines. Yeah. Um, there's also an 888 finish. Oh. Which is more for the I'm walking out of here finish. Okay, I'm throwing a pity party and I'm done. Yeah, if you don't have a reason justified to the TD, you're supposed to, as I understand this, get an 888 instead of nines. And that's the TD's discretion. Yes, that's a decision they make. Um, and the 888 has an immediate five-point penalty to your rating. Oh. And it's some sort of warning flag in the PDGA. So if you get too many of them, you'll get suspended from events for just quitting. Yeah. Um, so that... I mean that framework is there to try and prevent the oh this is a bad round. I'm gonna drop. I out. don't want it. Yeah. Um, I mean not not even just the sportsmanship of doing that, but statistically they're trying to prevent that. Oh, um, absolutely, because um, in
0: games the stats like it. Yeah. It, it, it comp- it's not a fair representation of the tournament played. Yeah.
1: Another safeguard they have for like you were talking about if you shoot two hundred points above or below your rating, um, the way. Again, I understand this. Ratings are very vague, but um, from all the rated rounds you have taken into account for your player rating, they calculate a standard deviation, which is just like an average distance from your rating. Um, And if you're more than, I think, one and a half or two or two and a half standard deviations below your mean, they don't count it towards your rating. Oh, wow. So So you have like a terrible, like every shot. So like Macbeth... I mean, he averages 1050. Okay. And his, I would guess his standard deviation is probably like 25. Okay. So if he shoots below a 1,000, it's not included on his rating because it's an abnormally low round. But if
0: he continually does that, then it's not going to...
1: Yeah. So like me, I am a total wild card. I can go 1030 and 900 in the same weekend. So my 900 still count because my standard deviation is much higher. Yeah. So they have they have these safeguards in place... So if you're having a really bad round, it might not be included anyway, yeah. and walking off is just making you look not great. Yeah. It's not doing anybody any favors. Um but it still happens. So you may not have
0: the answer to this because I and I don't expect you to because the ratings is a uh, it's a cloud
1: of mystery. I think
0: maybe there's one person sitting in a bunker somewhere that knows how it works. But um, That's probably true. Uh does that standard deviation apply for um any other way, like Macbeth's eighteen under round? No. Okay.
1: So no. it really is to have advantage to the player. It's just beneficial.
0: Yeah, it's just advantage to the player. Yeah. And so, but also if you're doing that repeatedly, then you're not a 700 rated player anymore to to use my example. Like yeah. if you're a 700 player ra- rated player and you're shooting a 600 rated round, or at least what you imagine is a 600 rated round because you don't really know until all the scores are in. Mm-hmm. And if the wind is affecting you so much that it's off, it's probably affecting everyone. Yeah. So, you know, your rating might not be as bad as you imagine it to be um but if you if you keep walking out of tournaments even if you're mm-hmm. not getting 888 if you're getting 999 you're not a 700 rated player yeah you, you 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 know you happen to have some good rounds and now you're in a slump and you need to figure that out mm-hmm. but pretending that it's not there is not going to help it's kind of like uh <laughs> i had a friend in my undergrad program saying i needed to study for a test and he's like oh just uh take a nap and hope it all works out it was obviously joking, and this is a very like accomplished, studious person. But that's that's the philosophy to it: is like, oh, just pretend it didn't happen, which um, isn't reality. That's not reality on reality's terms. No, I, I am living with my six hundred rated round or yeah. six fifty rated score until I start playing some more sanctioned
1: rounds. Yeah, uh, and I'm glad that I've got that that yeah, I didn't just it. quit and walk away. Yeah, and I mean, back. I mean, back up half step. Um, walking out of a tournament, there are probably people that want to play and not finishing an event is almost offensive to me because there's somebody who wanted to play the whole thing. Yeah.
0: And that may not be the case with this cause it was 50 people in a small C tier, but still it's not. But also, for... if it's the first tournament that they're trying to do and something like get something going, support yeah. it, yeah. support it.
1: But 10 out of 50 is really, that's not what? good. Yeah. That's twenty percent. Yeah, that's bad.
0: That's really bad. Like, yeah, if this is if this is an accurate tale, like, I'm sorry, and I feel bad for that TD. And nothing in here is saying that it was a poorly run tournament, that it was yeah. you know 110 degrees and there was no water or or you know whatever mm-hmm. that would be, or they didn't reserve the pavilions and mm-hmm. you know there's six quinceaneras going on. <laughs> Stupid pop ups <laughs> pop-up quinceaneras. <laughs> They're everywhere. I know. <laughs> um. No, it seems like it was everything was fine with the tournament. These people were just dissatisfied with their play, mm-hmm. and there may be more to the story on their side. Like, well, yeah, I wasn't shooting well, but I also got a text from my wife that my kid went to the ER. Like, sure, great, yep. perfect reason to leave the tournament. Mm-hmm. You should leave the tournament uh, if you're the top-rated player in the
1: world. You should leave the tournament for that, in my yeah. opinion. Oh yeah, um, you know that's. I I think I think one of the big problems with this is that. Almost every DNF is a 999. Um, I see it a lot with touring players. If there are big events back-to-back, and they're in the middle of the pack in the first one, and they're not going to get a big paycheck, I've seen them leave early to go practice for the one next week, you know, a town away, Oh. to try and make the money back. And that's an 888. That's an intentional. Does not finish with but no, they, with but no they reason. But they score him a 999 yeah oh yeah and it's i i kind of get it like it's a courtesy to the professionals who need the money it's like a living yeah but then you have the tds running these smaller local c tiers who are like oh you're all left well i guess you get nine nine yeah and it just turns into this washout where people are allowed to kind well, of also on the a smaller
0: local thing like that like it could just turn into a whole thing of why'd you 888 me and you know
1: and yeah but it, it should it shouldn't it should. Be, you shouldn't put somebody in that position it shouldn't be a point of contention it should be no. why did i do it you quit yeah. Like you didn't come up to me with a watermelon knee. Yeah. You just left.
0: Yeah. And maybe that's something that uh needs to be discussed. Like I think you know, maybe that would help your your club, you know, on uh, the next tournament is kind of specify that hey, we want everyone to play, but if you leave the tournament early for a anything other than a Legit emergency, you're going to get an eight 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 instead of a nine nine nine. And if you get one or two, probably no big deal. Mm-hmm. Like on your on your record, mm-hmm. especially
1: like over time. I know even less about how the warning stuff works. Yeah. right But
0: again, if it, PDGA wants our money, but they also want to um legitimize the sport and and make it something that's sanctioned and good. And so that's I think that from the way you explained it, that sounds like a very reasonable and rational and fair
1: thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So. Yeah. But it, it sucks that it happens as much as it does. Yeah.
0: Well, especially if you're, I mean, with that many people, 20% of the people leaving, like that may be entire cards, which, okay, but that may also leave like one person playing on a card by themselves and then you've got to reshuffle stuff and yeah, try to fix some things out. That's just,
1: I, I, I've a actually, I've had to deal with that too. Like on as a TD? day two, no player, day two or three, we show up in the middle of a pack on some big event with big name players who aren't doing well and they just don't show up. So we have a card of two. And now we have to decide how to reshuffle in the moment and who goes with who and it's all personal and people get offended. And well, that's
0: a new stress on you when you're trying to focus on the tournament and, yeah. and, and, well, not and everybody the else. running it. Yeah.
1: Like, are you cool with him joining you or? Yeah. Yeah. It's just so many little things go wrong. Well, the answer
0: is probably sure. But
1: why do I have to like yeah. do this? I've gone out 25 minutes before my tee time because a group lost to too many people. Like what the, do you mean gone out? Like so, I was there practicing. Say, I teed at ten o'clock. Okay, I got there at nine to warm up, and like an oh, you went out a nine nine twenty tee card, tee time. Lost too many people to go, and so you. And just so I to was there. I was like, I'll, I'll play. I don't yeah, care without your what you wanted to warm up
0: with, and yeah, do yeah, just, yeah. So there's it's a it's bigger ways. My, my guess is my our listeners probably aren't doing this because what I hear from my listeners is they're you're pretty, all awesome. Yeah, honestly, like stand up people. Yeah. So uh it's the Disc Golf Answer Man listeners. No, I'm just kidding. Whoa. Ah, totally kidding. I listen to that show. <laughs> Love you guys. But I do see some posts sometimes that are like, really? What? What are you talking about? Um it Happens. I saw a post. Oh. There's so many fights in disc golf groups. It's it's no. insane. I know. They're, they're no. like. Disc
1: golf drama is not a real thing.
0: What? I wonder if there is a. Like our numbers wise, we're just so much lower than so many other groups. But what other groups have more in as much infighting as disc golf clubs about really
1: honestly irrelevant things? Some video game communities. Oh yeah, probably. There's a lot of toxicity there. Yeah. But otherwise, I have nothing.
0: Yeah. And I, honestly, this is the only community I'm, I'm. I'm. I guess the improv community locally here. I'm. I'm connected with, but I don't really follow it very well because. Why um, I, I go perform and I perform and I have a lot of fun, but I don't need to get involved in the minutiae of things. Uh-huh. Um, and honestly, it doesn't seem like as controversial, but somebody posted something about uh, tags and that the high tags seem to be out of circulation. Mm-hmm. And I completely understand both sides of this argument. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was just our local club here, and I'm sure your clubs have tags, but. This is probably on disc golf, so this is for people who are new to the sport too. Tags, I took me a while to figure out what tags were. I, I had to honestly look it up. Yeah, I did too. Uh, you buy into a club or whatever and you get a little tag if they have them. And it's a numbered tag and that's for friendly competition within interclub competition. So you go out and play around mm-hmm. and Whoever shoots the better round, if you're playing for tags, takes the lower number of the tags. Sometimes it's a big tag round where there's lots of players playing, or sometimes it gets added on to a tournament or something else, Mm -hmm. and they divvy up tags afterward. Sometimes they don't. And then every organization has their own rules and bylaws on what is, you know, how long can you challenge a tag? What are the rules here? Do you, you know, if you don't play a tag round in so many times, do you have to Mm -hmm. forfeit your tag? Uh, Our listeners know I play mostly by myself, so I don't trade tags very often.
1: Yeah, me too. Um,
0: so it's not something that really bothered me. I bought a tag to financially support the club. Yeah, and if somebody wants to play for my tag, I can. They also had unnumbered tags, uh, but I thought it'll be more fun to buy a number tag in case I run into somebody that yeah. wants to play for them. And it has been. I have played mm-hmm. a couple rounds. Um, but this one person, and I, I'm not going to name names because I honestly don't remember. <laughs> uh, was was frustrated that low tags were out of circulation. Like the t- 25 top tags, he didn't feel like were ever showing up to... Leagues. ...organized leagues and yeah. tag rounds where, where he could play with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then some of the people that had those higher tags responded. What I thought was... I'm an organizational behavior nerd, and so uh, I'm not going to say the language was rational, but the sentiment was rational <laughs> in that... Um, Hey, I've got a life, and I can't get to everything. Uh-huh. But come, like I, I, I'm not hiding it. Yeah. If you ever run into me, I would happily, you know, play you for it, or do you know, I, I I'm not taking it out. I'm not hoarding it. Mm-hmm. It's just you don't see me. You don't happen to run into me. And our club's fairly large, like 250 tags. Yeah, or something we're pushing like that.
1: 300. I think.
0: Yeah, that's a lot of. That seems like a pretty decent sized community, and what's honestly a fairly large geographical area. And sometimes people come in from you know, different counties and play and buy a tag in our support. Yeah, and It's kind of fun back. to collect them. Yeah. Um, so I don't have any problem with that, but, uh, excuse me, but I'm kind of of two minds on this. And I think I, I get people that are really into them and wanting to try to see how good they can do and getting the number 30 tag when you feel like you could maybe get the number 14, mm-hmm. but you never see the number 14 and thirties the highest number you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. That might feel a little bit frustrating. Um, I, I'm not faulting the person who has number 14, If especially if it was me, because I'm like, well, it's sitting in my garage. Uh, if, you listen to, if you're listen, if you a long time listener to the show, you remember I was one stroke away from taking the number two tag from Chris when he was playing left-handed, Ooh. and I didn't want it. I wanted it more than I didn't want it, but I didn't want it because- You'd have to play. I would have to play. Like I would have yeah. to show up, and, and I would feel really bad hanging on to my number, because I've held on to my number for weeks at a time, because I just don't see- don't play with other people very often
1: i've had mine for months now yeah
0: and if it was the number two card uh number two tag that would be people would want it Mm -hmm. nobody wants my 195 or whatever i have right now well the 196 probably wants it but (laughs) uh so um i'm 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 all over the place with this but um so i i see both sides on this but i had the thought and i posted this on our tag members page but nobody really responded somebody gave me a hard time about it jay marmont gave mm-hmm. me a hard time about it but good uh, maybe like having an open class of tags you know and make it more like a tournament where there's advanced and well so amateur and open basically so if you're not playing an open player mm-hmm. and if you don't want to compete in that for those top tags maybe there's 30 40 open tags whatever your 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 club's at sport cuz we have ladies
1: tags which they seem to be having a we ball do. with those but they also get a normal one as well. Exactly. So you can you can choose. But then we can start stacking up with people having. I want yeah. open, advanced, intermediate, rec, and novice. Yeah. And I'm 17, so I'm juniors. I want all six. Yeah. And you go out and you're like, well, which ones do you have? I want all of them. Yeah, I guess that's true. But I like the idea. Keep going.
0: Well, so, but I I think if you're going to get the open tag, maybe you don't get a regular tag. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's a different color, and that's your tag, and that's what you're going to play with. Um, but I don't know. I mean also the logistics of it i certainly don't want to be involved in tracing them down it's it's hard to trace
1: one batch yeah i guess fair enough fair enough and that's i mean that's kind of the hard part is it's hard to keep track of where they go yeah well sometimes they go out of state like oh yeah yeah yeah. people move yeah we've had number one number two we've had all the high ones move out of state and it's not like an intentional i'm gonna get this keep it and leave no i have this i have to move
0: but at the same time like they earned it yeah. you know and, and we, so that's a cool thing for them to hang on to and i can see both sides of it i'm like well
1: no you're leaving the state you're not going to compete surrender your tag mhm um, and i've i've seen people but, who have say the number 1 and they're moving so they'll call out like eight people to go play around before they go to try and get try it to, to someone get rid of it. Yeah. yeah yeah but and and then the other side of it is
0: just saying, like, well, if you don't, you know, if you haven't traded tags in three weeks or whatever that is, then you surrender your tag. No, that's not. I don't think that's in the spirit of it either. Yeah. I think if you're if you're playing on that level and you can get the number five tag and you're defending it, but you don't play all that often, mm-hmm. or you don't play in the all that often, then that's your tag. That's the one you got. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's, I mean, especially locally here, the way we initialize tags, where we give out the first fifty, is at a C tier, the beginning yeah. of the year. And at a C tier, we're going to be bringing out more of the local good players. Yeah. And not all of them are super local. They'll come down. They'll try to win some money playing a C tier. And then they'll go back up to their other valley with a good tag. Yeah. And that's fine. Like, I don't, I don't see that and as a problem. And they come down for
0: the other tournaments that we have. hmm And so it's, if you want one of those, come, come play in that
1: pool. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a communal support thing. Yeah. Like you buy each other's tags to help the clubs, and it's great.
0: Yeah. That, and that's really more where Eileen is like, fine, who cares? But I'm also not a very competitive person. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, mentally, but also
1: I'm not a competitive disc golfer. <laughs> so. I just, I don't really care what number I have. I just think it's fun to play. Yeah. So I give, I mean, I've been at the park where I give one of my single digits to a new player and take a new one out of the box. Yeah. Like, I don't care. Yeah. Someone will be excited to see that and go play. And I don't make leagues. I certainly don't either. I just keep looking for higher numbers kind of for the sake of that guy's argument. Yeah. They should be circling more.
0: Yeah. And I, and I get that, but I also don't begrudge anybody that's like, no, I earned this
1: number 10 tag. Mm -hmm. I I played really hard. I had a shot, a great round Mm -hmm. and I, and I took it from my buddy. Mm -hmm. And And what, what else happens is if you get like an intermediate player who gets a top 10, they're going to get challenged by somebody really good who wants it. Yeah. And then that person will hold it for a while and it might go kind of quiet again. And then those people are offended that it's disappearing again. But that's what's gonna happen. Yeah. Like I don't know. It's a it's a really hard thing to please everyone with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially again as large as this club is. If you've got fifty people, that's probably the easier thing to And track I feel down, like but you'll
1: but see a lot of them if you only have fifty. Yeah. But 300,
0: 350 is yeah. pretty good. Like that's a that's a or close to three hundred, yeah. That's a lot of tags. But I've got it, I can't imagine that anything less than fifty percent are not just people saying, I'm just giving the, the club some money and then I'm getting mm-hmm. this little token as a gift. That's that's how I feel about it. Yeah. That's that's really how I felt about it. And then there's the argument of, well then take an unnumbered tag, but also like, well no, you can play. If you want an unnumbered tag, great. But if you want to play, play. You yeah. know, if you want to be part of this then play. So Absolutely Yeah, but I wasn't considering the logistics of tracking that Other group of tags, like even if it's the top twenty or something that are open tags, yeah, because I, I have no energy to try to do that myself. (laughs) So yeah, it's hard. Yeah, well, the people that do it, like you know, occasionally there's like all separate Facebook page for the tag holders
1: and everything Mm -hmm. else. And we have people who aren't on Facebook. Absolutely. So as soon as they get a number, it's just it's gone.
0: Yeah. Well, also sometimes people just don't even care, don't even really know. Or if you if
1: you play four rounds a week and trade tags four times, you don't want to be trying to keep posting and posting and posting no yeah Ooh. I don't I don't either it's yeah. too much yeah so have fun that's the whole point of this game throw more frisbees yeah
0: there you go alright <laughs> so until next time keep throwing plastic cheers